When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is Mortgage Lending Mastery. Get the knowledge you need from America's Mortgage Mentor with more than 35 years of experience and over $1 billion in lifetime fundings. You'll learn to advance your mortgage practice quickly and efficiently. Also, be sure to check out Jen's book, Launch, How to Take Your Business to New Heights. Available on Amazon. For a signed copy, contact Jen at jenduplessis.com. Now, here is Certified Mortgage Planner and CEO of Kinetic Spark Consulting, Jen Duplessis. Hi, everyone, and welcome back to Mortgage Lending Mastery. Okay, so we had, so I had so much fun with Kay Houghton um, back in November. So go back to that podcast. It was released on November 22nd. We had so much fun talking about um, the success that she has as a real estate agent, having only been in the real estate industry for the last three and a half years, and, you know, closing uh, close to $40 million dollars. Um, and because we're releasing this podcast, you know, right as we're ending the year and starting the year, we probably don't have all of our numbers together. But um, how how is it that a real estate agent only three and a half years in the business can close $40 million and have seven people on her team? And so go back to that podcast and listen in on that and then come back to this one because we want to follow up on something really um, not unique, but just something that we wanted to specifically talk about. Um, and that is creating strategic partners, you know, and those relationships that we have. And you know I'm all about those. So, um, Kay, I want to introduce you and bring you back to the show. Welcome. Yeah, thank you so much for having me again. I really appreciate it. Yeah, it's exciting. It's exciting. So let's talk about this. Let's maybe kind of regroup a little bit about what we talked about before, which was that um, you, uh, you know, have grown your team. You've doubled the, the uh, volume each and every year. We talked about the importance of um, you know, creating a team, hiring the right people, uh, knowing your niche, you know, and that's yeah. something that, that you, um, you know, have. And, and you're, we're going to talk about the fact that you have that niche as farming, uh, the community being that pillar, and how that plays into this strategic partnership. But also we talked about the Merrill, Mer, Mer, I can't even say it, mayoral campaign, um, you you know, making sure that people know who you are. Um, and that you have the confidence to go out there and shake hands and kiss babies, uh, becoming an expert in a, in a few things, um, and then again, mm -hmm. having this big team. So now that you've got all these 17 lanes, as you said, you know, all your systems in place and your team in place, et cetera, now it's time to go out and get the business. So let's yep. talk about how you've gotten the business other than just being everywhere. So how did you dig in and actually create these relationships? So let yeah, me, well, let, me just let you answer that as quickly as you think. Yeah, sure. No, partnerships have been such an important part of our business. And actually, um, you, were, you were kind of mentioning our success in 2018 and going into 2019. And I mean, we, our goal this year, I mean, we'll see how close we come, but our goal is to sell $62 million. And that really takes, um, 
you know, you have to have multiple avenues um, and multiple streams of business coming to you. So, of course, we are, continue to focus on our farming. And actually, at Keller Williams, they talk about um, a concept of what you focus on expands. And for those of you who don't, haven't really heard that before, um, you know, you, you reiterated something from our previous call, which is, you know, a lot of agents, there's just so much opportunity everywhere that they're, they kind of spread themselves really thin and they try a little bit of everything. But I really believe that if you focus on something, um, it will expand and create other opportunities. So we are still very, very, very focused on our farm area, which happens to be Sherlington, South Arlington. We're actually the number one um, team in all of South Arlington, multiple zip codes there. And we are focusing on supporting that community, building relationships within that community. But what's funny is that that has now expanded our business significantly because think of all of those families um, and, and individuals living in that South Arlington, Sherlington area who are selling homes. I mean, this is a very condo-heavy community, and those families now need single-family homes. They need more space. So now all of a sudden our business in Leesburg, our business in Springfield and Fairfax County is growing because of what we have focused on right here in South Arlington. So I really, really encourage people um, to just, what did you say about get rich through your niche, something along those lines? Niche, niche to get yeah. rich. Yeah, niche, niche to grow rich. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I love that. And it that. doesn't have to be rich money. It's rich, rich in relationships too, you know, but oh, it's sure. niche to grow Absolutely. rich in your, in your yeah. Mm-hmm. And so yeah. what we've done, and I think so, that that's something that loan officers don't do as well, you know, is, is there's thousands of products and, you know, thousands of loan products and, the, and, and they're, you know, tend to spread themselves too thin with the commodity, you know, becoming a commodity. I, I can really yeah. be all things to all people. And same thing that we, I think we find in any sales position, you know, is trying to be all things to all people. Yeah. Well, and actually speaking of of loan officers, so there's an individual, Ellen Wilson, um, who works with Fitzgerald Financial, and she um, lives in Sherlington in a community called Heatherly. And it's just, it's so funny. I met her. um, We talked about the fact that I've been doing this uh, since 2015. I started my team in 2016. I was at an open house. She was coming into all of the local open houses just to introduce herself to the agents at the open houses, which I thought was a little, um, I don't know if the word is ostentatious, but she just, she walked into my open house, said, I'm Ellen Wilson, you know, here's why you should work with me. But what she was saying really resonated because she lived in that community. She was focused on that community. She was a resource. She had the exact same mindset I did, which is what you focus on expands. And she said to me, look at, I don't have to be everything to every agent. In fact, I don't want to work with 200 agents. I want to have very specific and strategic relationships with certain agents, and I want to support them in a deep, deeper, more uh, mindful way. And we developed a partnership, and the events that we sponsor, the community resources, so we not only sponsor events, but we actually host. Um, events like our fall festival in the area, like our night at the movies, our night we closed down the two-story pizza parlor in downtown Sherlington. And she is my strategic partner. 
and, and really understands the value of focusing very specifically on that area. It's not to say, you know, she's helping all of my clients who are moving to, like I said, Leesburg, Fairfax, Maryland, wherever it may be. So she helps everyone everywhere. But again, it's that idea of really being known as the community resource that has helped both of us build our business. Um, and again, I encourage people when you're partnering with agents or with loan officers or with title companies to really um, choose companies that follow your same philosophy. The same thing with my, my, the title company that we use. They really, really believe in being that local resource. Um, so it was just a, a good fit and it has proven very successful for us. Yeah, I think that's wonderful. So, okay, so let's talk about this too. Because one of the things that that um, uh, there's a, there's a couple different directions I want to go with my questioning here, uh, and I I don't really want to ask what I want to ask first. I want to kind of step back just a little, do a little bit of a flashback, you know. In that that currently the new statistic is that 82% of real estate agents won't make it through their first year, right? And so those that are listening in here are saying, okay, do I go to, if I'm going to have these strategic partnerships and, and I'm trying to find realtors that I want to work with, is it better to go to a new real estate agent and run the risk of having, you know, this high turnover, or is it better to try to break in with the top producer? Now, understanding that when, when you and Ellen met, you weren't at the caliber you are now, so you're kind of at some place in between on a trajectory, you know, to, to rise mm -hmm. up. Um, so if someone wanted to approach someone who's brand new and, you know, let's say, for example, they said, you know, I just don't go after new realtors because there's too much. Look at the loss they would have had with you, for example. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I think so. So tell us about how to how to strategically go after both ends of those spectrums. I mean, the in between is yeah. a little of everything, but both ends of those spectrums. How do you strategically go after it's one thing to say, you know, you and Ellen, you know, you both co-sponsor all these events. That that's money, right? So there's money, but there's got to be some more depth in there that I'm curious to see, uh, to hear about. Is is yeah. deeper, deeper uh, strategies? Yeah. No, and I think you're absolutely right. That so many people start because let's be honest, the barrier to entry in this industry is not very high. You sit for a test boom, you've got your license and they send you out into the world with absolutely no training whatsoever to go and help people sell the, buy and sell their largest asset. Um, it's really, it's kind of silly. We talked about the fact, I think it takes more um, hours to get a, a hair styling license than it does to become a real estate agent, but um, both of right. which are, are very <laughs> difficult things to do. Um, but yeah. I, I think so, Ellen, just talking about our experience, um, because we've talked about it since and she has come across many new agents um, that I think didn't display maybe some of, like you said, the strategic thinking that maybe I did or that she saw in my team. So I understand why loan officers wouldn't necessarily want to go and partner with brand new agents who just didn't have a track record and weren't building um, any business because there is a risk to that. You're pouring money and you're pouring resources into partnering with these agents and they might not be around the next year. Um, so I think asking the right questions and really understanding where that person's going and looking at like the trajectory is what you want to do. So when I met Ellen, I actually, I, I think it was 2015. I think I was in my first year in the business 
But we started talking because she met me at one of my open houses and she asked all the right questions. Well, you know, like, what did you do in the first quarter and the second quarter and the third quarter? And I remember I met her in the fall. So by that time, our business was just snowballing. Um, and I was able to say, you know, I sold a handful of homes the first half of the year, but we've sold 10 homes in quarter three. We're going to sell 10 homes in quarter four. And, and she could just see the snowball effect. And I talked about wanting to really, that whole mayoral um, campaign, wanting to be that resource locally and wanting to be very um, strategic in my approach to farming and partnering with these local associations. Um, and I think that she could see that this, we were going somewhere. So I, I do really encourage age art in your industry, um, loan officers to not discount newer agents, but really to ask the right questions about what have they been doing quarter over quarter or year over year? What is their strategy? Because if someone says to you, oh, you know, I'm just putting myself out there and just talking to people and, and hoping I get deals, then maybe that's not the right partner for you. But if someone says it may not be farming like what I did, but if someone says, you know, I'm very, very focused on FISBOs and expireds, I make 100 calls a day, I've converted, you know, 6% of all my calls, I'm focused on closing 6 to 10 deals a month. Okay, well, that person has a plan. And if their plan is showing that it works, um, maybe that would be a good person for you to start building a relationship with as their business grows. Because you get in early, you create that loyalty and um, it goes a long way in the future because once you do get to the point like we are now where we are successful, we should sell about 135 homes in this next year, there's a ton of, of people in the mortgage industry who want to work with us. And I will say that I am very loyal to a handful of, um, of lenders who have really supported me from the beginning. So. Don't discount the newness of an agent, but really look at what their game plan is and where they're going. Yeah, I think that's a really good point. Um, it's not being the chameleon, you know, being true to yourself and, and, you know, really attracting the right people. So now having said that, how did you feel when she started kind of getting into your, your business of, you know, so what did you do last year and, and, you know, what do you focus on? Were you, were you kind of taken back by that and do you feel that, a loan officer asking those types of questions to, you know, a top producer is going to make that person go, well, why didn't they do their research and who are you to ask me all this stuff? So I'm curious to see what, you know, how, how you could advise us to um, better approach people on yeah. asking the right questions. Yeah. It's one thing to ask the right questions, but what is your response to those questions? You know, the, yeah, absolutely. And you always, you always want to be respectful and actually, I liken it to um, an agent going out on a listing appointment. And again, not everyone is going to fit with everyone. So Ellen's approach, as an example, might work with me, but it might not work with other people. So I think you do have to know your audience um, or at least be flexible enough that if you start talking to someone and you're sensing that maybe they're not, um, you know, responding well to the direction you're taking the conversation that you can make a shift. But at least for me, when I go into my listing appointments, I really, I don't 
approach it from a, a place of desperation, like I have to get this listing. I go into it, and, and I'm actually very upfront with my clients, and I say, hey, you know, I'm here today. I, I, I actually deliver a pre-listing packet before I ever even get to the home, so they've had all of my materials for several days that they can review, and I'll say, you know, I know that you've reviewed all the materials. I've done a lot of homework. This next step gives us an opportunity to meet to walk through the home, to talk about philosophy and strategy and some of your goals, and to determine if this is a fit. Because it's not always, it, it doesn't always make sense for, for my team to list a home, and it doesn't always make sense for someone to work with my team. So I'm approaching it from a place of, let's see, it's almost like a first date. Let's see if there's any chemistry here, and let's see if this works. And I think she approached it in the same way. It was like, hey, you know, I'm really looking to build relationships with people who get my philosophy, who are on the same page. So do you mind if I just ask some questions to kind of understand how you run your business and whether or not there's a fit here for us to work together? So she was very respectful in that sense. It wasn't like, well, how much have you sold? Um, what's your revenue? You know, how is this <laughs> right. going to benefit me? Right. And I, yeah, yeah, yeah. And of course, so I know I, that's not how it's supposed to go, but I want to clarify, <laughs> make sure nobody's yeah. doing that. Yeah. yeah, and, and, and really, asking you know, the right it has questions. to fit. Yeah, right. Exactly. And, and the feeling and, that it has to fit. It it doesn't have to fit, you know. And uh, you know, I always think that when you go into appointments with anyone, it doesn't matter who it is, is that um, you know, I, I think we we as salespeople, we all go in saying, I hope that they like me. I hope that they like me. And you know, we know that there's going to be two outcomes: either they're going to like me or they're not, right? But yeah. there's a third outcome, yeah. and that is that is us assessing whether we like them. And I think it's mm -hmm. fair to say that, you know, so listen, thanks for meeting with me. You know, there's three outcomes that are going to come from this. Either, you know, we'll decide that we, that you like to, you know, like me and want to work with me. You'll decide that you don't like me and we're not a good fit. But I also may decide that I don't think it's fit, a fit for me and my team at yeah. this time, you know, based and on And I don't think there's anything. Are. And I think that changes things. Yeah, there's nothing wrong with that either. A lot of people just have this philosophy that, you know, not getting the business means that you failed, but you need to look at it longer term. You know, you can pour your re resources into a relationship that's just not going to bear any fruit, or you can, it can be a little pickier up front, find the right relationships and watch it just blossom into something amazing. Yeah. Yeah. Bingo. So, slow down to speed up. Yep. Absolutely. Slow, slow down. Yeah. To speed up. So, um, so one of the things that uh, you also did is make sure that your value proposition makes sense, right? Um, mm -hmm. That the needs are fulfilled by everybody. And that's, um, and that's what I know with your clients, but that is definitely something that, that um, is, because your clients are your strategic partners too, yep. right? And so you don't need to work with every client either. So tell us a little bit about how you, um, back out of that because um, you mentioned about how you go on your listing appointment, but, but how do you sort of back out of that when you just don't think that you're fill, fulfilling the needs? And maybe you can give us an example of, you know, someone that you said, you know, this just isn't going to work. We, you and I talked about this, the difference between being a listing agent and being a selling agent. You can have a lot of listings, right? But the goal is yeah. to sell them. Yep, absolutely. No, and I actually, I did have, have an example recently where you know, I visited a home and it was a, a very historic home and had some really um, unique features to it. And I, I came into the appointment saying, 
you know, gosh, this home is lovely. I'm so excited to be in it. I drive by it all the time. I, this is this is great that I get to meet you guys, get to see the home. But I talked about the fact and talked about the strategy that we were going to walk through the home. We were going to learn about one another, use this time to kind of understand each other's thinking and what our, each other's goals are, and then to determine whether or not it's the right fit. And honestly, I came – now, this is actually still in progress, so I may or may not still be working with these people, but I, I came out of the meeting feeling like maybe it wasn't the best fit. And this is something I'm still exploring because um, I don't know that we are on the same page with a pricing. I know that comes up all the time, but with, with pricing um, simply because the home may be historic and may have so many unique features, but it needs a lot of updating and there's, a certain and they are not willing to do the updating so there's a certain demographic that we would need to target kind of the fixer-upper folks the people who want that challenge um, in order to sell the home and I know what price point they're going to be looking at um, there's sometimes in or some cases in which I go into the home and we market the home a certain way we, we've talked about this but we are very very events focused so we do like to host, especially at some of our more unique homes or um, higher price point homes, we like to host the brokers open. We love doing preview nights where we invite in um, clients we've identified in different demographics that may be interested in the type of home we have to sell. And we invite them in for a wine and cheese preview night. Um, and we have literally had clients say, I don't do open houses. I don't want people coming through my house. I'm not interested in doing that. And since we know that this is it how works. we sell homes, we know it works. If someone mm-hmm. puts their foot down on that, it just might not be a fit. I mean, my, if you saw in a sample marketing plan that we provide to clients, we are very event heavy. So we do a lot of work with different television shows to get our homes featured um, we do a lot of social media um, campaigns. We, we do the wine and cheese nights. We participate, especially some of our historic homes, we've gotten them into different home and garden tours. And, and these are, are cases in which hundreds of people are coming through the home. And if someone's just not comfortable with that, it may not be a fit because that's how we know to sell homes. Um, other people may have a completely different strategy um, that, that may be more in line with what the seller is thinking. Um, but this is how we do it. And you're never disrespectful, but you just say, I may not be the best person because our philosophies are different. It doesn't mean that your home's not going to sell. It just means that there may be someone who works better with you and is going to make this a less stressful process. Because let's be honest, if someone is anti-event and they want $200,000 more for the home than you think you can sell it for, you're just creating a scenario in which nobody wins and the amount of effort and headache that you're going to have to put in this is just not beneficial to anyone. So I think you can be very respectful and still back out of the deal while maintaining that air of professionalism and um, still possibly even coming out of it with a referral source. You know, that's kind of my goal is always, this may not be the best fit for us to work together, But if you know anyone else who's buying and selling, who's a little more open to the events focus and understands our pricing strategy, please pass our name on. 
Sometimes I'll even refer people and say, I have another agent I think may work better with you. Let me introduce you to that person. And most people are just glad that you're being honest. Right. Right. I think that, I think that resonates really well. And I, you know, I think that it's really hard to um, say no to people when you don't have a lot of business coming in. So I mm-hmm. like your strategy here of yep. you know, being, being the expert, you know, knowing what your value proposition is, knowing who you serve, you know, your, it's attraction. It's a client attraction yep. rather than kind of throwing rather than, you know, shoving yourself down their throat, it's a client attraction. And so when that attraction comes in, it's word of mouth, um, you know, your, your conversion ratio is better, you're much happier, um, and you are in a position where you can say no to more people um, without hurting your practice, right? Absolutely. So it all well, starts from the very it, beginning. Yeah, and I will say that the idea of failing forward, I remember there were a few times in the beginning when it's like, you know, I – I, I don't have anything else going on. I really want to take this listing. And I'm thinking back to a couple of listings. I remember one that actually is in my farm area that I took on very early on. They had already worked with two other agents. Um, very difficult to work with for various reasons, but obviously pricing uh, was affecting the house. But it was like, you know, I don't, I don't have any business right now. I'm going to take this on. And not only was it completely emotionally, mentally, physically draining, but the house never sold. You know, and I spent money on on postcards and mailings, and I spent my time on open houses and and doing what I know to do to sell a home. And you know what? It never sold. Um, And it really took a lot out of me. And I I do think that it's probably the same for, for people working in the mortgage industry. You may have clients who are making offer after offer after offer, and you have to scramble and get these pre-approval letters out and work up different loan scenarios. But if they're making offers that are twenty, thirty thousand dollars under asking price and just not getting the home, there may be a point at which you have to say, you know, I don't think it's the best fit because I don't. You're not you know, listening. How you you're heeding my advice. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. Well, exactly. And, and now, and now, what we're seeing is after the pre-approval, after the contract is in, now the clients are starting to look. And shop, yeah. And you're like, oh my gosh! After I've done all this, you know, and you yep. didn't see that coming. Um, it's crazy. So, all right. So, what other advice do you want to share with loan officers um, that are listening in, or you know, let's just talk generic business people um, and strategic partners in, um, you know, on how to approach the relationships. Um, on a consistent basis as opposed to, hi, I met them. Uh, it looks like we have, we're like-minded people. We, we like doing the same things. We have the same philosophy. This sounds really good. And then crickets, nothing. Yeah. So how do you yeah. forge forward yeah. with those relationships to ensure that they stay fresh and are continually blossoming? Yeah, gosh, that, that is a great question. And I have to say that I, I do run into this issue myself, and so I have some answers, but I think it's, it's a continuing issue that we battle even ourselves because we've talked about the fact that we are very relationship-focused, a very community-focused, and we have built relationships with certain organizations that have gone nowhere and we've built that have seemed so exciting in the beginning, um, but went nowhere and then we've built other relationships that really, really took off and led to a ton of business. And I think to your point, um, you mentioned, you know, what happens when you meet someone and you realize you're like-minded and you're on the same page. 
and then it kind of goes nowhere. I think what I've learned is that you have to have more than just a connection. You have to have more than just liking the person. You have to have more than even having the same philosophy. There also has to be a benefit to each party. I think that's really key because we developed um, a relationship. I'll just use one example. Um, I had sold a a house to an individual who was the um, head of um, talent acquisition for a university here in the area. And um, it just seemed like an amazing opportunity to partner with them in their talent acquisition department because of the fact that they were constantly recruiting people for professional positions at the university. And even though I, I won't say it was, it was a bad relationship because we have gotten business out of that relationship, it never really took off the way I thought it could um, because it wasn't really mutually beneficial. We got the benefit of getting clients in and being able to work with them and sell them houses, but I don't think that the university really saw the benefit, maybe because it wasn't monetized, maybe because they knew that people had to move here no matter what, so whether or not they had a relocation specialist really didn't matter. I still am learning from that experience as to why it never really took off the way that it can, Um, but I do think that even though I may not have pinpointed the reason in that relationship, I do think I learned that it needs to be mutually beneficial Um, otherwise there's just no motivation and the excitement kind of dies off. And then you're like, wait a minute, we had this great conversation. We had all these ideas. What kind of happened to that? And it's like, well, if both parties aren't reaping benefits from it, they're not going to be motivated to continue working on that, that project that you guys put together. Does that kind of make, I know it's not really an answer. Does that kind of make sense? Oh yeah, no, it totally yeah, it totally makes sense. And, you know, the other part about that is the commitment, you know, is making yeah. sure that it's not just that, you know, that, that there's a benefit for each party, but also that there is a commitment behind each party. Because as you started talking about that, um, I I actually thought that you were going to go in the direction of the fact that you weren't benefiting from it because you were paying to play, so to yeah. speak. Um you know, with their referrals, hey, you know, if you guys, if you, uh, you know, will be willing to sort through the thousands of people that will call you and you don't get anything from it and and yet you're paying to be their preferred real estate agent, right? So yeah. I thought that's the direction you were going to go in. No, and I hear that a lot too. But I think, yeah, no, it's actually fun. You're totally course, right. Yeah. Because on, on the opposite side, I actually think that we benefited from it more, but since they didn't really see any benefit, they weren't motivated to keep going with it because we had talked about doing buyer seller seminars for their staff and about doing like lunch and learn activities and doing tours of the city and doing various things for new recruits that were coming in and so on and so forth. And I think that, you know, there's, again, I'm still working on figuring that out so I can learn from it. Mm -hmm. Um, But to your point, there's a lot of things that you pay for that just don't reap the benefits. Um, and, you know, we do pay for a lot of opportunities in, in my particular farm area. Um, so we've talked about this. We do a ton with the local um, condominium community. So we're very condo focused, which I will say um, there's a benefit there when you do have a condominium community with a newsletter, with a board that does events. I know not, right. not everyone's farm area has that, but we have 
um, you know, community events. We have um, yard sales. We have um, paper shredding days. And we have found that contributing to those events um, financially does it. Um, the communities see the benefit and then they, they want us to come back. So, for instance, whether I, we actually have um, some, uh, there's swimming pools in our area and we have these adult swim nights. So we came up the, with uh -huh. the idea like, hmm, what do you think about us sponsoring a keg for these things? And, and they're just, oh my gosh, of course. It was like, what? Someone's going to sponsor, you know, a keg and adult <laughs> beverages. And so they saw a huge benefit from it. So we literally came and brought Kay Houghton and Associate Cups and beach balls. And, and now we've been invited every year to come back and do these um, adult swim nights because they really are seeing the benefit from it. We, of course, see the benefit in that it piggybacks on our efforts in the community. So I wouldn't just go pick up and do an event like that in a community where I didn't have a presence and I didn't already have momentum. Um, but since right. we have a presence, we have momentum, we have, um, you know, people, we have some, we're recognizable in the community. It really makes sense to, to pay for and to partner on these things. So again, if you're going to pay for any opportunities, um, which again, creates the benefit for the person that you're sponsoring, make sure, like you said, that it's in an area where yes. you can actually reap the benefit. There's nothing worse than pouring financial resources into something and literally not getting a single lead out of it. Yeah, absolutely. No, I totally agree. And I also think, you know, again, the commitment is not just um, the financial commitment, but it's also the commitment to endure that relationship, you know, to, to stay plugged into the relationship, to be mm -hmm. accountable for things that you say that you're going to do you know, to follow up with the relationship, you know, and so for yep. example, we, you know, working with Ellen, if, if you guys were co-sponsoring something or, you know, splitting the cost to share, you know, a movie night or whatever, and she didn't follow up with things, that's a problem. Um, so it's yep. not just that she would benefit, but if she's not committed, then, then it, that's when you start learning that maybe this isn't a good fit for people. Well, well, right? Anything you'd like, a, go ahead. Well, I just have wanted to chime in just on one example with that, because before I met Ellen, I actually had a couple other um, um, mortgage lenders approach me about sponsoring some of like my wine and cheese nights. And I remember one lender was like, yeah, you know, I'll sponsor the night. And then I'm not kidding, did not even show up to the actual event. Yeah. I just remember thinking Ridiculous. kind of what was the point of paying for that, whereas you mentioned with Ellen, when we do our pizza night, she is there because she sponsors all of the beverages. She is there greeting, shaking hands, walking around, taking pictures. She actually collects raffle items from the local businesses and hosts the raffle. I mean, there's no way you're getting out of that event without knowing exactly who Ellen Wilson is um, and that she does right. lending for Kay Houghton and Associates. And so to your point, commit to it. Otherwise, you're really just wasting your money. Yep, absolutely. Excellent point. Excellent way to end things, too. So let me ask you a question. What are you reading right now? Well, don't laugh because I talk about it all the time. The MREA, <laughs> the Millionaire Real Estate Agent, I think I've read that thing right. 32 times, but I am reading it. I'm also rereading um, The Miracle Morning. I will fully admit oh, I that I am not a morning person, okay, and I am not very good with time blocking and scheduling, so I am rereading both of those books. Um, I am actually very, I'm open right now to any suggestions that anyone has on good reads, especially as it relates to leadership um, 
and hiring and building a team. So any suggestions that you come across, let me know. I kind of have my go-tos and just like my philosophy, what you focus on expands in your farm. I actually feel the same way with the resources, the reading and the training. I think I told you there's several Keller Williams trainings that I have literally taken four or five times um, just because I think you get something new out of it every time you reread, revisit, um, retrain on a certain topic. Um, so right now I'm kind of repeating my 2018 readings and trainings, but I'm very open to any suggestions that your listeners have. Yeah. Well, I mean, I, I read all the time. So, I mean, obviously my book, I would recommend. Oh, <laughs> absolutely. I, I gotta pick, uh, you know, one of those, one of those shameless personal plugs, um, definitely my book. No, there is a, um, there's a really good book um, right now that, that um, I'm in the midst of called Extreme Ownership. And it's how the U.S. Um, Navy SEALs lead. And it's, um, it's really, really very good. It's about leadership. And, oh, I um, love that. I just love it. I just, yeah, I just love it. It's called Extreme Ownership. So I'll give you that one to, um, to look into. I think that one's a really, really uh, good one. And the other one that might be helpful would be uh, the four engagements. Um, I think that's what it's called. Gosh, I'm having a little brain fade with that. Um, yeah, I think that's what it's called. Or, or commitments. I don't know. You know what? I'll put a link in this in this when when this is released. Yeah, I you like, can go I find like it. the idea. The last book you said, extreme ownership. I just love that word, ownership versus leadership, because I do. There are so many times when people in this yeah. industry fail, and it's always someone else's fault. And I really, really believe that if something doesn't work, if it fails, if an employee leaves you or someone, quote, screws you over, whatever the situation is, you really have to look at what you did in that situation. So that sounds like something I may have to pick up along with your book. Yeah. And maybe we can have a, another conversation, book club conversation soon. Yeah, yeah, I know. That would be really good. Yeah, so it's, um, yeah, all about how leadership, you know, seals lead and wins. So, yeah, that would be a great book. Well, listen, again, it has been an absolute pleasure. I'm so happy to have you on for a second time, and I appreciate all the sharing that you've done um, to help forge um, the relationships that people are listening to this podcast, you know, that they have, and hopefully someone took a quick nugget and could make a real big difference. You know, it's not about making a 180 degree shift. It's about just little itty bitty adjustments that, um, yeah. you know, as my, my mentor and coach Darren Hardy says is it's um, the small insignificant choices that you make that make the big difference in your, in your life and in your um, business, not the big elephant in the room. You know, it's the yeah. small things. So you know, taking one little idea and saying, you know what, that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to, I'm going to actually attend something I'm going to co-sponsor. It can be as easy yeah. as that, right? Absolutely. Um, so again, I, I say thank you so much for joining us, Kay. And so for um, everybody, if you want to reach out to Kay, her phone number is 703-CALL-KAY, C-A-L-L-K-A-Y. Um, you can also find her at, what is your website again? It's khassociates.com. That is it. KHAssociatesWithAsk.com. Yeah, okay, well, plural. the number you yeah. can't forget, right? And that is, it's 225-5529, but you can't forget Call K. But yes, please visit our website as well. And I'm more than happy to talk to anyone. And I hope that we get a chance to connect later this year. Um, we have a really lofty goal with all seven people on board. And I, I'm curious to 
to see if we get there and would love to share any family. Well, you're out in the big bad world now, Kay. I know. It's out right? in the big bad world now, Kay. So you're on the hook. You guys, <laughs> you're on the hook. Thousands of people can hold me accountable. That's right. That's right. Awesome. Well, thank you again. And everybody, thank you for listening to Maury's Lending Mastery. Please don't forget to share with everybody and anybody you know who's in business, um, mortgage lending, real estate, it doesn't matter. Um, share this with them. You know, it's my gift to the world on, on just, you know, how to improve your personal and professional growth. And we will catch you next time on the show. Take care, everybody. Thank you for listening to Mortgage Lending Mastery. Looking to streamline and launch your practice by accessing Jen's tools, courses, classes, presentations, and resources? Visit jenduplessis.com to learn about the features and benefits thousands of other professionals have experienced by enrolling in Jen's lifetime membership program. Isn't it about time you consider a coach to take your business to new heights? Contact Jen to start your application process today. Thanks again, and be sure to tune in next week.